today. We need to tell them about the risen Savior. Amen? Glory to God. I don't know what I'm going to do today. Let's turn. Find the book of uh, Luke. Chapter 24. And Father, we're praising and we just give you thanks that this is the day that you have made, and Father God, we do greatly rejoice in it. We thank you, Lord, for this season, Father God, of remembrance of what the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished for all eternity, to set the captives free, to deliver us from sin, making us available to us, to be adopted into the kingdom of God. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Nugget, or nuggets, I can maybe give you two today. You can't change yesterday. You can't change yesterday, but you can change your tomorrow. Amen. Don't let the devil steal from you. You make your plans for tomorrow. Amen. And I'll give you a second one since I'm at it. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts to any place. There are no, no shortcuts to any place worth going. I think we've all taken shortcuts before and found out it was a disappointing venture. <laughs> you might have got there, but something happened. <laughs> Amen. Well, this is, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, 2014. Amen. Glory to God. So let's uh, read something out of Luke here. Chapter 24, let's begin with verse uh, 1, uh, King James. Now on the first day of the week, the very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were very much perplexed, Thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining raiments, garments. And they were afraid, and they bowed down their faces to the earth. They said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, 
and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. We need, we need to remember these words. Daily, actually, because it's something that's very important to us daily. Because this is the victory, this is the triumph. And if you use this victory and triumph in your daily walk, you'll not succumb to the enemy's uh, ploys. When we deal with the cruci uh, crucifixion, we come to the very heart of the gospel. The events leading up to Jesus Christ's death are filled with emotion. But it is when the Lamb of God becomes the substitute that we can stand speechless of the infinite grace that God has given us, bestowed upon us. I guess we'll start with this one. I got two of them up here, so we may go through two tonight or this morning. Jesus was arrest, uh, arrested, and before 9 a.m. the next day, he had been on trial six times. Three times before the Jewish groups, and three times before the Roman court. He was treated shamefully, and false witnesses declared his guilt, and there were many illegal acts performed in connection with these trials. Physical beatings, and also scourging by a whip, spinning upon him, ripping out and tearing out his beard, and a crown of thorns was deliberately forced into his brow. At his crucifixion, he was stripped naked and hung on a cross and placed between two thieves, mocked and ridiculed by the jeering crowds. Wow. You know, uh, I think most of us have seen The Passion, the movie The Passion, and... Uh, if you can recall all those things in your mind, it, it, it wasn't pleasant. Yet, through all that, God was at work. Amen. Glory to God. That which Satan uh, did to attempt to eliminate Jesus was the very act that God used to bring redemption to the world. And hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus, the man on the cross, gives us life and salvation to all that will seek him. Thank you, Jesus. No one illustration can gather up all the truths contained in the redemption message of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God's love is revealed to us in his death of his son. A miracle happens in our lives because of his death. And resurrection. Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 3. This is what Jesus tells us. This, what hap this is the miracle that happens when we confront Jesus. Well, we just begin in verse... Uh, one of John chapter 3. And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered 
and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The miracle of being born again is what Jesus said that will overcome the enemy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And turn now with me to the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, Jesus, Jesus called it the born-again experience. And a lot of people say, what is the born-again experience? It doesn't say that in the Bible. Uh, if you've ever gone witnessing, sometimes you say, you have to be born again. And some people say, what's that? And then you say, what's in the, in the Bible? Jesus said it. And they say, well, I've got to ask somebody. I've got to ask my pastor. I've got to ask my priest. Something's wrong if they haven't read that. Hey, they got to have a man's, man's word for it or, or Jesus' word. It's, we've got to take Jesus' word. Amen. You have to be born again. Now, in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, here's what Paul says about the thing. Chapter 2, looking at verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together in Christ. By grace are ye saved. So, Paul says we need to be saved. Jesus says you need to be born again. The two are, are identical. Glory to God. Verse 8 goes on to say, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This describes the wonderful thing, the miraculous things that a sinner has that we can come to God through Jesus and get, get, remove our sins, become born again, receive eternal life through Jesus Christ. All because of what Jesus did. Took away the curse. In Matthew chapter, we're going to look at... Uh, Matthew chapter 16. What people thought of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. Do I have it right? Verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is Jesus, the Son of the living God. John chapter 1. We're just looking at a few of these. John chapter 1. Verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God that takes away the sin of the world. Glory to God. John chapter 20. And verse 28. That's John chapter 20 and verse 28. And Thomas, one of the disciples, answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. There was a doubter among them, but no longer. There were a lot of us that were doubters about Jesus. 
But we came to Jesus and found out the truth. And he became our Lord and our God. Hallelujah, our Redeemer. So who was responsible, responsible for Jesus' death? From the human standpoint, we could say the Roman soldiers were. They fulfilled the uh, conviction or the sentence. Or we can say it was Pilate's fault. Yeah, it was Pilate's fault. Because he found that Jesus was a just person. He washed his hands. But, and he could have set Jesus free, but he didn't. Oh, that, yeah, we have to blame the Jews, though. Yeah, we got to blame the Jews. Because they brought about the accusations. Nah, nah, nah. We can blame, we can blame Judas. He's the one who identified Jesus in the garden by, with a kiss. No, it was the Lord's doing from the foundations of the world. Jesus Christ had to die in order that God's redemptive program would be fulfilled and consummated, setting us free once and for all. The sinfulness of, human, of humanity made redemption necessary. Man's sins, my sins, your sins, drove Jesus to the cross. Now, actually, it was a cross of love. A cross of love. Wow. An individual... Uh, wrote a sort of a poem. Let me read it to you. Twas I that shed the sacred blood. I nailed him to the tree. I crucified the Christ of God. I joined in the mockery. Of all the shouting multitudes, I feel that I was one. And in, within the voices rude, I recognize my own. If we look at, look at ourselves, it was us that put him there. And I know that uh, before we all were, became born again, we were just as bad as those out there that said, you know, who is Jesus? You know, he didn't do anything. We, you know, I know, you know. Where is the truth on him? You know, you get around people that say that and you get caught up in it and you, you know. That's why we need to be so very careful of the people that we surround ourselves with because, uh, some of us are a little bit uh, more weaker and we call ourselves, they, people call us followers. We will follow people to anything and we have to uh, come alive. At the heart of, pardon me, at, at Calvary we see the heart of God like no other place in the Bible. Our Lord poured out his life as a sin offering. His life was not taken from him, but he gave it. The reason he offered no resistance to his, to his arrest 
and crucifixion was because of his great love for sinful man. Mark chapter 15. We're going to have two of these this morning. We're going to look at it two different areas. I think this is good. Mark chapter 15. So you hear some of it. Verse 34, Mark 15, 34. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Laba, you know, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That is the cry of a lost person. A lost individual that's destined for hell. Can you imagine if you, well, let's go, let's, let's go back in, in, in to one of the parables. Not, it's actually not a parable, but it's the truth of what Jesus is talking about. Lazarus and the rich man. And the rich man ended up in hell. My God, my God, what did I do? Would be his cry. And what did that man say? He asked Abraham, you know, get me out. And Abraham says, there's a, a, there's a gulf fixed between us. I can't help you there. He says, well, talk to my brother. Talk to my family. I don't want them to be here. You know, those in hell are realizing the depth of their mistake. And they're crying out to God to help their family, their friends that they know of, that are on the same path that they were in that led them there? Sure. I think of people like Darwin and other atheists that said, you know, have portrayed things and the world has followed their, their leading. How many people has he seen coming into hell because of his viewpoint? Because he was such a good talker that they followed through on him. They were a bunch of followers. Followers of a wrong person. Followers of someone that, that's, uh, that is possessed by the devil. What's going to happen when, when, when the, after the rapture takes place? We know that many individuals are going to follow the Antichrist. They're going to be followers. Yet there'll be some that will hear the good news and turn. We've got, we've got, right now we have an opportunity to save those out there from stepping into eternity in hell or step into eternity with Christ. It's our job. Jesus said, the harvest is white, but the laborers are few. You know, on the day after the rapture, every church will be filled to capacity. There won't be any empty seats. People will be crowding in at doors trying to get in. But it'll be too late for many of them. 
For, may, for many of them will, will receive the Lord then, and then they're going to have to take a stand a lot stronger than what we have to do today. So who among your friends, your neighbors, are going to be coming at the door the day after? It's a sober thought. I mean, you know, we, we look up, see the, see the time that we're in and say, the Lord's coming, things are happening, and we're rejoicing. But what about that individual? We've, there's a message that we have to give before we are taken out of here. Yeah. Amen? As a lost people, we do not need justice. We need mercy. Our salvation is of grace because of a loving God. The message of the cross is to the one who's never repented of sin and trusts in himself. We need to trust. They need to trust in Jesus. The message is to receive Christ as a personal Savior. God put all the sin upon Jesus. He suffered all that the sinners deserve. In exchange, an exchange has been legally made. Sin for righteousness. Righteousness for sin. And we became the beneficiaries of God's great love and compassion when we accept Jesus. Glory to God. People begin life as Christians when they are born again. Saved. Glory to God. This, cha this change takes place in the hearts of people. For those that are already saved, the cross has a continuing message. That we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and have full pardon and completeness. Forgiveness. Hallelujah. That was part one. Part two. Okay, listen to this one. This is, this is on a different... I didn't know which way to go, so I, I could have had four or five up here, but... The loneliness, the loneliness of the cross was terrible. Jesus was forsaken by his friends. In the midst of his agony, he felt forsaken by God, for he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The shame of the cross, the crucifixion, is the ultimate insult and public contempt for a criminal. It is impossible to understand the horrors of the cross and the magnitude of implications to which Jesus endured during his crucial time for mankind on the cross. Now the book of Hebrews, let's turn there, find the book of Hebrews, and you will find, if you'll find with me, the ch chapter 12. The writer of the book of Hebrews injects into our thinking a new idea that appears to be contrary to what the cross was. We think of the cross, all those terrible things, uh, the pain, the agony, the insults, 
Um, but what does, what does the book of Hebrews say about the cross? Hebrews chapter 12, looking at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus on the cross, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand, the throne of God. He endured the shame, the agony, the pain, in joy. That, 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 that's something hard to, to believe. The motive for enduring the cross was the joy that was set before him. What did he see? He saw you. He saw, he saw me lost going down. But he's seeing us lifting our hand up and catching onto his robe. That blood-stained robe that cleanses us. Oh, glory to God. Is it possible to endure such agony and loneliness, such a shame, such horror, and experience joy in doing so? There are three joys that led Jesus to the cross. Three different joys that left Jesus to the cross. Let's go to the book of John. Or turn with me to the book of John. We'll go to the 17th chapter of John. Beginning verse 1. That's John 17, 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. There is the joy, that he would glorify the Father. If we, could, if we as individuals, when we get into situations, when the temptation becomes so great, if we will endure it and look to the joy that Jesus has and the Father has, that when we overcome that temptation, that they are rejoicing. And they're not hanging their head and saying, well, you know, the devil went out again, the devil went out. No. When we overcome that temptation, they are saying, glory to God. And the angels are shouting up there. They did it. They're, they're more than conquerors. They overcome the, the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 2. Thou hast, thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Glory to God. So he's seen the glory, the giving to the Father, and, and he's presenting us to the Father. When you give some, something to someone that's precious to you, you give them your best. 
And Jesus is bringing his best to the Father. And his best is you. When you receive him, he sees you as the best. His crowning achievement is you. A child of God. Rejoicing. Glory to God. Verse 3, and this is the eternal life that they might know the, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou hast gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested my, my name unto the men which thou gave me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou hast given me. And they have kept my word, or thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Verse 8. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, glory to God, and have acknowledged, surely they have came out from thee, and they have believed, and thou didst send me. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he sent us, they sent him. And the redemption plan is completed as we receive. And all the blessings will begin to mightily flow upon us. As we are obedient. Now we've all had children or, or been in, in, in those shoes as a child. And, uh, and when we're good, we get a cookie. And when we're bad, they slap your hands for getting in the cookies. We want, we want God to always love us and give us the blessing and not, not pull back on the blessings, but give us the blessings. As we are obedient, we'll get all the good stuff. And when we kind of step out of line, he says, hold on now. I want you to straighten up. There's something to do. Remove that. We don't want darkness there. We want all light. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The joy of glorifying God. To glorify means to make known. Jesus came to earth to make known the, the nature, the character, and the purpose of God. In this petition, Jesus is affirming his purpose to make known the nature, character of God by his death on the cross. God is the eternal creator. He is sovereign. He is majestic and a holy God. He is both the God of righteousness and just. He is a su supreme revelation of love, mercy, goodness, and grace. And displays his immeasurable love to us. And Jesus was eager to reveal the love and grace that, was, that is the very heart of God. Jesus wanted to show us, because through man's religion, I mean, it was God, and then, then man started adding things to religion. So the religion kind of got tainted, and Jesus wanted to come down here and show us what God was really like. God was not up there with a baseball bat, Waiting for somebody to make a mistake and say, there, you can't do that on the Sabbath. There, you can't do this. You know, all these rules and regulations that man had 
implemented was wrong. And God said, Jesus said, I'm going to show what God is like. He's love. He says, I'll bless. when you give, I'm going to bless you. And we'd say, that don't sound right. If I give something away, you're going to bless me? He said, I'll bless you even more. And some of us still want to hold on to our things. Oh, boy. It's when we give that God is pleased. He said it's more blessed to... What? More blessed to what? Than to... Oh. <laughs> some of us need to wake up. Because when you give, you will receive. <laughs> I don't know how we get... This is wild. <laughs> Jesus sought to destroy the image of God that was presented by the serpent in the garden. What did the serpent do? He changed God's words around. He wanted to change. He wanted to show us the true nature of God. Love. Blessings. But people began to look to God with resentment. They slandered his character. And uh, were malicious falsehoods about him. Through his death, Jesus refutates all those and glorifies God and introduces, introduces the Father as a Father of love, mercy, compassion, and grace. God gave his best to receive you and me. Something that was so detestable, only the devil would want. But God wanted us all. Took, he saw the, the, the goodness in us and, ripped, and wanted to rip out that darkness that we, we might have life. And he says, to come, come to me with what you've got. Don't try to change. Whatever sin you got, I can take it. And as we, as we renew our mind to God's word, some of those things begin to fall off. You're not perfect when you get saved. We still have, we carry baggage. The baggage is flesh. It's still wanting the things to do things the wrong way. But as we read God's word, we find out what it says, some of those things begin to chip off. God says, hey, look at that. They just got rid of that. Glory to God. I knew he's going to do it. I knew she was going to do it. They look great. It doesn't condemn us. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in all things. Glory to God. And as you're learning on, in, in the morning, Sunday, Sunday morning, all the, all the wonderful things through the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. 
getting revved up for the morning, revved up for the day. Glory to God, hallelujah. Hope you are doing that. Well, some of your motors are kind of <laughs> So, is that where your tongue goes? I'm <laughs> Come and start it up. Put a fire on you. John chapter 19. We looked at it already, but we'll look at it again. John 19, verse, well, apart from the suffering of the cross, there can be no resurrection from the dead and the reality of new life or eternal life. Apart from the suffering of the cross, there could be no gospel and redemption to a lost world. From, uh, from the cross, Jesus says in John 19, verse 30, it is is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. This is not a cry of one that's defeated. It's one of triumph. That's right. That's right. He achieved his destiny. He was saying that he accomplished all that was written of the prophets and suffered the most utmost malice of his enemies and now the way is open to the Holy of Holies unto Father God. It is finished. The old covenant was completed. The new covenant is now available. The communion table that we have, the bread, he said, take and eat, this is my body which is given to, unto you. Do this in remembrance of me. What did that body consume? By his stripes are we not healed. The thorns, the crown of thorns that is placed on his head. Can anybody remember where words thorn first came in? Genesis. Chapter 3, I believe it is. The word thorns. It says, Cursed is the ground. It'll give forth thorns and thistles. So that crown of thorns that was placed upon him was a curse, the full curse, coming upon Jesus. Wow. He took the full, full curse. There was nothing left. Matthew 8, 17. He said he took our infirmities. He seized violently those sicknesses and disease. He took the curse. We don't have to have it any longer. It's up to us to retrain our mind to. Some of us, it's going to take a little bit longer time to get trained in the things of God. But it's true. He says by his stripes we are healed. We have to begin to believe it. Quit listening to the devil. He says, remember, the devil twists things around. 
Wow, glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus endured the cross to experience the joy of saving us from our sins. We were slaves. He set us free. We were guilty. He cleansed us from our guilt. We were helpless, and he came to rescue us. We were in a hopeless condition, and he came to give us life. Wow, that's something to rejoice and shout about. He died for our sins. He makes forgiveness possible. He gives new life, eternal life, and divine life. Boy, that's something. The joy of rendering the highest possible service to you and me was met on Calvary on a cross. That was his service. The good news is the resurrection took a tragedy and made it a triumph. We need to let his death on the cross be the death of our sins. We need to let his resurrection life transform our lives into being more than a conqueror, a child of God. It's up to you and me. What did they first do? If we went back to Luke 24, don't look for him. The tomb is empty. Don't look for, look, don't look for the living and the tomb. And what did they do? They went out and, and the news spread all through Jerusalem. He is not dead, but he is alive. And then people began to believe and, and it filtered all the way down to here and we receive him. Wow. Share the good news with someone today. Someone at the filling station, someone at the store. This is your day. God loves you. He has a plan for you. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Amen. I think Christine's going to come up and sing at this time.